What's up, y'all? How's she going? Back with another Worker Wednesday. Um, just uh, out here. Thought I'd do a little quick update. Well, hopefully a bit quick. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah. Just uh, so a couple, you know, kind of more worker-focused stories that I picked up over the past week. Um, if you missed the last one, you can go check that out. I think it's probably a lot of it's still relevant. Some of the stories today will also be little, I mean, the end of December, basically, so, not, 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 uh, the most breaking of news, but, um, from some of these <coughs> countries, sometimes it's hard to find, uh, good, uh, worker news, union news, things like that, so, um, you know, just bringing you, bringing you what I can. It is, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's also just a lot of stuff going on with the world, and obviously, it's uh, hard to find good sources for some of this stuff, because, obviously, the uh, lamestream media doesn't want to talk about worker rights, um, and putting workers first, because it's not in their class interest, so, that's what you end up with, is, um, not too many stories about it, but I did manage to find a decent amount, and so hopefully we can go through these. Uh, I will, as I always try to do, tell everybody that if you are listening to this on podcast services, of course that is absolutely fine. Give us a thumbs up, rate us five stars on whatever podcast app you are listening on. However, I do recommend that you go to the website or to YouTube or um, whatever uh, video streaming platform that we are on that you prefer, and uh, listen slash watch there, because you'll be able to see all of the uh, sources as we kind of read through them. Now, granted, I usually go through them pretty quick. We don't read through the whole articles, because that would take way too long. But I do give you guys some visual cues and sometimes we watch some videos and so I think it's it's more interesting but you shouldn't be missing too much if you're just listening to the audio only version so do what makes you happy um, if you do have some uh, articles that you'd like me to talk about or specific issues um, let me know, send them to me you can send them to me in the Twitch chat um, streaming live on Twitch obviously that's the best way to watch it because you can hit me up um, on the Twitch itself uh, but if you can't do that yeah, drop them in the YouTube comments or DM us um, on any of the free trying to post social media stuffs. so yeah and uh, I'll, I'll definitely give you guys a shout out appreciate any uh, interaction that we can have in general but also uh, you know if you've got some good interesting stories I always uh, love to signal boost that kind of stuff Without further ado, let's get into this bad boy. So, <clears throat> this is, we've been talking about this, um, I talked about it on last Worker Wednesday, we also talked about it on the formal podcast, uh, the last one we did, which everyone should go check out, that is over here, this one, Return Post, let's return to traditions, folks, okay, so go listen to that, you should be subscribed on podcast services anyway. So, you should have listened to that one by now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's getting worse. <laughs> the U.S. set a global COVID record over 1 million cases recorded in one day. Okay, so this was on Monday. It's currently Wednesday night here in Taiwan, so Wednesday morning. If you're in the States, um, yeah, it's getting wild. It's getting wild. And, um I've, I, you know, I've been hearing both sides of this. Whether it's um, complete freak out over, we're gonna all die, which I think we'll all die, but a lot of people might. And uh, the other side is that nah, it's fine. Um, it doesn't really matter. So uh, you can see here, this is kind of the obfuscation of it. I, maybe that's not the correct word, but the. Um, uh, trying to reassure people. So, 
Uh, here it says, while surgeon cases haven't yet translated into severe infections and skyrocketing deaths, their impacts have been felt across the country as the newly infected isolate at home. The results are canceled flights, closed schools and offices, overwhelmed hospitals, and strangled supply chains. So actually, that's not as bad as I thought. But um, this is true. And the other thing is that people are talking about like, oh, it's more mild form. It's more mild form. Like we've had this variant for like a week or so now. Like, how do you know it's more mild? Like, it seems more mild at first from anecdotal data that we have. Like, the big study that everyone was talking about had 12 people in it. So we don't really know what's going to happen. And granted, like, more people are vaccinated. So there's, like, the vaccines, at least against the previous uh, variants, that it didn't really stop the spread, especially against Delta. But it definitely did seem to keep people out of hospitals. Um, and prevented people from dying as much. So that's good. And hopefully it does so with this Omicron as well, but we don't really know yet. Maybe this strain has uh, certain effects where it's much more likely to give people long COVID, and it ignores the vaccine in that case. We don't. We just don't know. That's the thing right now, is that it's so new, and people are just so uh, used to it that they're just like, eh, whatever. It's party. Like <laughs> People are like, this... I love when people are just like, oh, this this COVID, it's taking away my life. Like, I can't believe, we, I can't wait to go back to normal. And it's like the next, like their IG is just like full of pictures of them going to like the club and stuff. It's just like, it's not ruining your life. Like, what are you talking about? You're just like, <laughs> you just show it off for social media. So, uh, yeah, people need to stay at home. That's the thing. The, the government should be paying people to stay at home. Um and, I mean, like we talked about, the reason for this, partially, is because the CDC has taken, at least in the U.S., has taken no responsibility. They're just like, like Fauci, we talked about it on, like I said, both the last two podcasts, the last work of Wednesday, and then also um, the last one I did with Ari. They're just like, yeah, no, it's it's chill, like, let's cut the COVID uh, quarantine time in half, and if you're asymptomatic, then just go to work. And it's like... If you're asymptomatic, they they used to say this all the time. It doesn't. If you're asymptomatic, you can still pass on the disease. So that's out the window now. It's very scientific. Um, and Fauci literally said it's because we're worried about the slowing down of the American system. So he's admitting that it's not about health or science anymore. It's it's about capitalism, baby. It's about keeping that machine running and making sure we have plenty of human pulp to run through it. So. That's where it's going. Um, I think people need to uh, do a little, take a little page out of uh, potentially the uh, the recent Chinese workers playbook and Tangping just lie flat, just say no, we're not gonna do that. Like we're gonna stay at home, and uh, if you have a big problem with it, like you can pound sand. Like we outnumber you. What are you gonna like? What are you realistically like? What is what is the establishment going to do? Is the CDC going to go to people's houses and be like, you need to go to work, sir, or madam? No, they're going to say, okay, well, what am I going to do? And they're not going to do anything. So people need to get together. This is why um, things like unions are super important. Is because people need to organize, band together, and go, no, we're not going to take this anymore. And... If you don't like it, like then you can sit down at the table with us and bargain with us. But if you're gonna just try to force us at, at basically, you know, gunpoint to go back into work and potentially die and kill our uh, immunocompromised relatives, uh, no deal, sir. Sorry. Um. So this is why this is an example of this. The National uh, Nurses Union is urging school districts not to uh, to to offer remote learning. So basically, um, to not not go to school, not necessarily not go to school at all, but do not necessarily force people to go to school, okay? Um, so it says, uh, with COVID-19 infection numbers fueled by the highly transmissible Omicron variant, reaching all-time records in the United States and pediatric hospitalizations rates skyrocketing. So this is another thing that people love to talk about. Oh, children don't get it. Children are fine. Children don't, aren't affected. Pediatric hospitalization rates are skyrocketing. I mean, I, I should find the exact numbers for this, but... Um, 
they are going up. I mean, obviously, people are getting infected, and people are going to worry about their kids when they get infected. So everyone's saying, oh, send your kids to school. Kids, if, if kids wear a mask, like, how can they understand how facial features work? And it's like, well, if you're worried about how kids recognizing facial features, you could do distance learning, and kids could look at the teacher's face because they don't need to wear a mask if they're if they're doing distance learning and if they aren't doing distance learning and they're in the class um, they might be able to look at some people's faces but also people are allowed to wear masks at school like I know um, some of my teacher friends at home they have kids that don't mask but like most of the other kids students and then also the teachers will mask because they're very deeply afraid of potentially dying um, or, or, or infecting other people. Um, so it, it, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they're calling on, uh, all school districts and policymakers to offer remote learning as an option for families, which would also allow more social distancing within classrooms. Um, so we'll see, <clears throat> uh, how exactly this happens. I mean, obviously in places like Florida, they're not going to do it. DeSantis is like, uh, really stoked on just like everyone's coughing and spitting and shitting in each other's mouths. I always try to get through these ones without swearing, but this one was very fast, but I'm a little frustrated. <laughs> but, um, uh, so they're saying they're, they're advising people to physically distance in order to avoid infection. Uh, school, school children are generally required to gather in large groups daily. Okay. Now I would like to say that, uh, there is a caveat obviously with, um, things like, um, because the United States has horrible infrastructure and is honestly uh, loves to keep people in poverty, there is issues. There are issues, I should say, with things like um, broadband internet access for certain places. I used to live in one of those places, which is the countryside, but also in inner city areas. <clears throat> there is often uh, great struggles um, with getting broadband access. Um, and also you have these internet monopolies um, in certain areas that um, create these, uh, yeah, create a little fiefdom. And they say, listen, if you uh, want an internet access that's over um, one meg a second uh, with, uh, you know, 20 meg uh, data caps per month, then you need to pay us like a 30-year salary. Uh, and it's ridiculous. And what the U.S. should do, obviously, is... Um, do something like an actual Build Back Better uh, plan where they actually get broadband access to everyone, including people in the country, in the inner city, wherever it is. Uh, make sure that everyone has access to affordable, um, uh, uh, quick internet. Um, so hopefully people push for that. Um, so that is one thing that, that has to be considered. Um, so that's... But that's, again, this is why they should offer it and then... Um, if a certain number of children need to go in, then they can spread them out. They could have these, they could put classes in uh, the biggest classrooms that they have, spread them out, make sure that the ventilation is as good as possible, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but try to minimize this as much as possible if it is really necessary. Though, to be fair, uh, most schools are on break right now anyway, so hopefully everyone is staying safe at home. Um <clears throat> So this is another reason, again, why unions are important. This year, Chicago's public school classes are canceled after teachers' unions back remote learning. So again, schools, not only nurses are backing this, but also school teachers are backing uh, remote learning. So <clears throat> this is also good. It's basically the same idea is that they're calling for... So this is... Um, says the status of instruction for the rest of the week remained in limbo. The union's action, so this is the Chicago's teacher union, approved by 73% of members called for remote instruction until cases substantially subside or union leaders approve an agreement for safety protocols with the district. So this is another issue is that there's like basically no standard of safety protocols. And so kind of parents are getting to dictate it just like with the critical race theory and all these whispering liberals. There's, <laughs> there's just... Parents are basically allowed to decide public health. So now um, parents are medical experts and uh, experts on uh, history, which is laughable because the average American uh, has a very, uh, let's say, loose grasp on either, I would say. Now, there are caveats to that, but um, 
few and far between, I would say. But again, this is why having a union is important because these people can walk out together and say, um, eat shit, basically. Um, uh, so here's an, basically another thing is uh, record U.S. quits. Uh, hiring slowdowns may show Omicron's... Why is this on my screen? Oh, no. That was an X. That should have closed that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's a better advertisement. Uh, record U.S. quits. Hiring slowdowns may show Omicron's impact on labor supply. Obviously, it is, but it's not just Omicron. It's that it's all the variants. It's COVID in general. Um, having numbers of people quit. Uh, people are just getting fed up. The, the minimum wage has not raised in over a decade. Um, I showed you the the... On the on the on the last uh, Worker Wednesday, the Maiden Voyage episode, um, I showed you all the stats. Basically, wages haven't risen um, in in decades. Uh, if you adjusted for inflation uh, or productivity, workers would be making twenty four, twenty five dollars an hour. It's just it's absurd. So, um, of course, people are not going to uh, work for the the same amount of pay that they were working for before. Uh, in a pandemic, uh, it doesn't make sense, and that's why again, people need unions so they can work together to say, "No, we're not going to do this." And if you want to have a, uh, you know, functioning uh, supply chain, and you want to have a functioning business, then you're going to have to compensate us instead of giving your CEO a raise of like a quarter or ten million dollars every year, you know, which depending on the business, it's it's absurd. Um. So, again, talking about nurses, there's, there's a Medscape study that's showing that a large percent of nurses are burning out in the pandemic. Obviously, um, go Google, like, interview with COVID nurses. Uh, you can quickly find out how brutal. They're just literally, uh, I have numerous family members that are nurses. They're just watching people die right now. That's that's all they're doing. They're going in and people are coming in and that are unvaccinated or people even that are vaccinated and... Um, Obviously, the the vast majority of them are unvaccinated, and they're begging for their lives, and they're asking for a vaccine on their deathbeds, um, and it's sad. It's horrible. I don't want to see anyone lose their life, regardless of their vaccine status. Um, it sucks, and they're, yeah, they're just dying, and so basically, these people are just running around dealing with, like, numerous more patients than they normally would deal with, and um, they are, yeah, they're just watching people die every day, so... It's pretty horrible. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of people quitting. It's not su not surprising in the least. Now, in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, it's good to see that the they they basically have been on a long a long 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 strike. Um, unfortunately, uh, as this article talks about, they didn't really get that that positive of concessions, and unions union strikes don't always get them. Um, but I guarantee that they would they got more than they would have if they had done nothing. Now, this has some parallels with the strike I talked about with Seth. So you can go check out the podcast I did with him about the striking carpenters in Washington uh, that was happening earlier last year now. And um, give that a listen. But basically, union leadership seems to have kind of um, acquiesced to big business. Um, whereas the nurses themselves uh, were not exactly happy with the deal. So, again, it says that um, uh, the union officials paid lip service to the determination of the rank-and-file nurses who rejected multiple sellout proposals over, ten, uh, over the 10-month period and praised the deal as a significant gain, but they actually only got a 2% wage increase um, in each of the five years of the agreement, and five-year agreements are also not usually good um, in terms of uh, of unions because um, that means you can't uh, renegotiate for five years, which kind of sucks. Um, and also 2% wage increases, as this article aptly states, far below the current inflation rate of 6.8%. So they're taking a effective pay cut. Okay, that's another thing to remember. If you're not getting a, wa a, a raise every year, you're getting a pay cut. So these are things that people need to remember, okay? Um, like I talked about earlier, this this article talks about uh, staffing ratios. 
So basically, we're you're getting you know four four and five to one patient to nurse ratios. Um, it's it's insane. But of course, these people just like teachers when they go on strike, everyone says, "Oh, well, I guess you don't care about your patients. I guess you don't care about your students." And it's like, no, actually, these people are fighting so that their patients have more chance to survive, and um, also they're they they sh- they're entitled to strike to to get paid more. That's they're right as human beings. They should be treated with dignity. And um, if they don't want to go jump on the grenade that everyone in society uh, pulled the pin on by not taking responsibility, especially the government, though, obviously, um, not locking down the borders, not wearing your masks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, if you want to complain, be my guest and go work at a hospital. Um, I'm guessing most people wouldn't last 30 minutes. Um but just just my guess. Um, and again, like I said, people talk about sending these you know kids back to school, um, and how it doesn't really affect them, even though there there are cases of kids dying, and you know they they are pretty rare for the most part. Um, but this isn't rare, is that kids get sick at school and then they go back home and kill their parents or their grandparents. So this article is uh, talking about how, and this. Keep in mind, this article is from like seven months ago. So this this number is quite low. But it says 1.5 million kids may have lost parent or caregiver due to COVID-19. 1.5 million children in the United States. Um, okay. This, 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 I, I shouldn't say the United States. This is technically around the whole world, but... I would say the United States might be getting close to this number because if you look at COVID deaths, the United States, I think the United States makes up about 5% of the world population. Let's check these numbers. U.S. as percent of world population. Yeah, less than 5%. So there you go. I was close. 4.25. Okay, Uh, U.S. COVID deaths as percentage of world deaths, if I can type. So let's see, maybe that's not how I should have, not how I should have done it. So let's do this. U.S. COVID deaths are about 820,000, I think. And then we'll do world COVID deaths. I just want to know the total numbers. Global cases, global deaths. So 5 million. Use my 5 million, 400. Okay. And then we have U.S. COVID deaths. It doesn't even say. Where's the number? Look at this. It doesn't even say. Yeah. 800 and they don't want to tell me. 824,000. So, yeah, like a little under a a fifth. So maybe we could say 17% or so. So, ooh, that's not great. Um, So we can't say that the whole one of the 1.5 million are uh, in the U.S., but I would say um, probably a decent amount of them are, okay? Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll post this. And then like I also said it, this is also, uh, seven months ago. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's only getting worse and also will continue to. Um, so yeah, so we need to remember that this is going to f- affect, affect people greatly, uh, and will continue to affect people. Wow. This is amazing. I just, sorry, I hit the my keyboard with my forearm um okay so this is also just kind of more information i won't go through all this um so we can get through all this in a, in a reasonable time but um this is nurses looking for relief amongst burnout and covid surge obviously it's getting worse um this is some positive news that we do have though but amazon agrees to make it easier for workers to unionize um on site in settlement with labor board now this We'll see. We'll see if this is accurate and if this actually is true. But 
Amazon reached a settlement with the Na- National Labor Relations Board. Okay, basically to make it easier for li- workers to organize um, in their uh, organized unions in their warehouses. <clears throat> um, whether they actually do this, because they lied, they've lied about this before. Whether they do this or not, we'll see. But it is showing that at least in rhetoric, they're willing, they're they're bending to pressure um, that this union move and also the mass resignations. Um, but I would say mostly that these um, these organizing techniques and people's also um, focus on this. Like you look at what happened in Bessemer um, with the union there, and they're potentially going to get a second bite at the apple um, in Bessemer, Alabama, thankfully, because of corrupt uh, union-busting practices uh, that Amazon did, illegal union-busting practices, which, by the way, should carry huge, huge fines. I mean, like, they should deeply feel that. All of those workers that got screwed over with that um, should be getting, I would say, tens of thousands of dollars, and then they should also get their union. Um Maybe more, but um, yeah, they should they should be getting fined by um, the United States government to the tune of millions of dollars for union busting practices. That should not at all be acceptable. Um, but yeah, financial. I think financial crimes by elites and by giant corporations should be punished to the degree that they either can't pay them and thus their company crumbles, or they, uh, you know, know that if we do this again, we will be dead. Um, and I think that also if they're repeat offenders, uh, those fines should keep climbing up. Um, but anyway, um, this is good. It's, it's at least, it's at least a little bit of progress. So hopefully this continues. Um, and hopefully more and more people get inspired to, as this, this union or the union effort in Bessemer, I should say, did spark some, uh, hopes for unions and other, Amazon warehouses, um, where, I mean, you can read uh, numerous stories. Just type in Amazon warehouse deaths, and there was that story from Illinois with a, um, a tornado that happened where they basically wouldn't let people leave, and then a number of people died. Um, but also, they don't, like, for the longest time, they didn't air condition until there was a huge public outcry, and then they started air conditioning the plants because people were literally just dropping dead. And after people died... Um, there was internal memos, memos saying that like, oh, wait, maybe we should uh, air condition them. And uh, obviously Bezos and the other management ignored them um, until there was a huge media campaign. And um, then they actually did something. So that's why people need to pay attention to this stuff uh, going on. Another um, positive news, Right to Repair is um, making progress here. Um, basically Apple is saying that it will, it will sell uh, parts and tools for fixing iPhones. So this is a huge deal. Um, I've talked about Right to Repair. I've also written about Right to Repair on FCP before. Um, returns a huge amount of money to consumers um, and doesn't let uh, companies create these monopolistic practices where they basically price gouge you to fix very, very simple problems that you could easily fix by yourself if you have any sort of technical knowledge at all. And if you don't have any sort of technical knowledge at all, you can give your friend 20 bucks to do it for you. So as opposed to giving... Uh, a giant exploitative company like Apple, uh, thousands of dollars to do so. Um, so this is just, yeah, similar info. Um, but this is, I put this under us news, but it's actually, this is going to be, uh, EU and UK. Um, they're also expanding. So it's expanding, um, these, these right to repair laws, which this is a big deal. If they start to expand them, um, in the, not necessarily the UK, UK is kind of, it's an important country in the grand scheme of things, but it is quite a small country. Um, but the EU, with its large population size, is that's going to be a much bigger deal. Um, if someone um, like the United States, these capitalist giants, start to do it, that will be, I think, a big snowball effect leading to basically the the end of these anti-right-to-repair uh, mandates. Um, and you guys can go check out my um, article here, basically about... Uh, Biden pushing for or, or pushing through an executive order uh, that was supposed to help with right to repair. So that's um, one of the few things I'll give him credit for, thankfully. Um, and we'll see, as I state in this article, we'll see if we should actually uh, give him credit. I would not give him credit yet, 
I would give him maybe tacit credit, like, um, good job for your rhetoric. Now let's see some action. Um, but it's going to be a few months, I think, um, until he, he, until really any of this takes effect. But a lot of the deadlines, um, I wrote about this executive order as well. So you can read this, um, this executive order. And then I don't know where I linked it. Maybe I can't find it. But anyway, I, I also did a breakdown uh, of the, oh, yes, I, I did a breakdown of the executive order as well, and um, you can check that out, and we'll see um, if they're going to follow through with it, uh, because there's a lot of uh, corrupt dealings. Uh, you look here, um, a lot of uh, members that uh, maybe have some conflicts of interest, um, but yeah, you can you can look through this and, and, and judge for yourselves. Um I, I hope they do do the I hope they they do do I hope they do the right thing um, and do things right but um, we'll see. Um, moving on, let's do a little little China news. Um, so you got uh, China saying that it's going to let uh, ride-hailing drivers and delivery workers form unions. So basically, like some of these gig workers to form unions. Now. <sighs> That's maybe good, good step, but um, unions in China are not exactly the same um, as unions in the United States, so we'll see if they um, actually, uh, it makes much of a difference. Um, as you can see here, it says all unions in China are required to register with the government-backed All-China Federation of Trade Unions of the ACTFU. Uh, to date, such unions have largely been confined to sectors such as manufacturing and transport. So, it's possible that they do have some um, some positive in fact, Im impact. Um, to say that China doesn't have like um, labor strikes or uh, labor organizing is is not correct. Um, they do, and there are people. And it's not always linked to unions, but um, the same thing. Like a lot of people believe that like no protests happen in in China. And it's just not right. We just don't hear about it a lot because one, the U.S. media doesn't like to cover like any uh, speaking from from personal experience. But it seems like honestly, like quote unquote Western media in general. But I don't even see it in, in Taiwanese media very much. Um, these the, a, a lot of people don't like to cover. Let's just say news media. These giant um, uh, news conglomerates don't like to cover. Uh, striking workers and unionization drives because it uh, doesn't necessarily help their case, um, nor does it protesting, though sometimes it does. Um, but they're also usually on like a small scale in like um, local uh, local places where maybe it would be harder to get out. Also, China is a repressive regime where they're not going to let a lot of this stuff get out because they don't want to look like they have dissent against the government. So I think all those... Uh, factors kind of work together to make sure that there's not a lot of coverage of this kind of stuff. Um, but it does happen. Xi Jinping has obviously been crapping down on any sort of dissent. So um, I was reading about the Feminist Five today, but maybe we'll save that for another time. But um, it definitely does happen. So don't let people believe, make you believe that this will have no impact. I hope it does have a great impact and that these, because these workers are greatly overworked, especially when you're talking about during a pandemic. Um, but we'll see. Um, I'm not going to go through this stuff because it will take way too long, but um, I'm going to put these in the description like I do with all of the resources um, and links that I use. Um, but there's this from SubChina, which is labor unrest and how China balances repression and its and, and responsiveness. Um, there's some interesting information in here. Um, there's another website here, chinastrikes.crowdmap.com. This map is fair enough to say is pretty out of date but can give you some ideas um, about the number of strikes that were going on um, most of the data ends about 2012-2013 um, but you can see um, how many you know I mean granted China is a huge place but you can look at all these strikes you know, December 29th, December 29th, December 29th, December 27th, December 27th, December 26th. So you just have protest, 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 strike, protest, protest, protest. Okay, so saying that it doesn't happen. Now, granted, this is, this is a while ago. This is 10 years ago now. But you, 
you know, to act like it doesn't happen is, is farcical. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try to find some more uh, recent stuff information about some of this stuff um, because I, I I would like to look into this more um, and give ex- exact examples of some of these strikes um, but they certainly <clears throat> they certainly do like to strike in China um, uh, again Xi Jinping is cracking down but it still happens um, however in Hong Kong they are dismantling the unions so uh, you have uh, basically state media outlets um, claiming that these unions are involved in money laundering and inciting riots and supporting gangsters, um, even though that's exactly what the CCP is generally involved in. Um, but they, you know, basically China has been using its puppet government in Hong Kong to shut down um, some of quite uh, storied unions like the Hong Kong Professionals Teachers Union um, and its 95,000 members. Um, other ones like, uh, obviously the Hong Kong Journalists Association, which they just closed, we talked about on the last episode of the podcast, Stan News, they're, they've almost completely wiped out any sort of free press in Hong Kong in just basically just over a year, um, just completely wiped it out. Um, so yeah, they're, they're pushing a lot, they're also pushing student, student unions to, um, disband, so yeah, I mean, everyone check out, like, check out these articles um but yeah it's it's horrible i mean you can see how quickly it it, ro- it rose and fell so uh, this this is an important uh, part of this article real quick and i encourage everyone to read the whole thing um but hong kong's labor movement gained momentum during the 2019 protest so this would be like the fan song zong like the anti-extradition and um uh, protests in which two and seven hong kongers participated so uh, I mean, uh, we as FCP personally went out and uh, went to one of these protests. There was like two million people in the street, and Hong Kong has like a population of like seven, little over seven million. So it was, uh, it's a lot of people, and you can imagine that there's other people that are just a little bit scared to go out of their houses, uh, something like that, or they have to work, or they what you know, they have kids that they need to take care of. So, um. You you know a lot of uh, Hong Kongers not ex- not happy about what China is doing in their country, but um, they need backup. Um, but it says citywide strikes uh, became more broadly accepted. People from various professions, ranging from hairstylists to accountants, formed nearly four thousand new unions. So this is what happens when you have um, both social organizing um, and just people organizing in general, getting close together, doing talking face to face. And uh, pushing against um, the oppression that they face, uh, whether that's in terms of um, uh, freedoms that the government is is curbing, or you know whether it's subjugation uh, in terms of of capital and their exploitation of their labor, which we can see definitely happens in Hong Kong. Um, yeah, the housing prices are getting horrible everywhere, but looking look at Hong Kong, I <laughs> recommend that to you because. A lot of people in Hong Kong live in some pretty uh, dire straits when it comes to housing. They're living in like dormitories, basically, with you know twenty, thirty other people because it's people don't want to pay fifty percent of their paycheck um, to live in a an like a shitty apartment by themselves. So um, it's really important that we um, all around the world uh, and across both both um, internally and and. Uh, internationally start to grow these sorts of uh, solidarity movements um, but yeah once the national security law passed in Hong Kong they basically just started arresting anyone that threatened their power at all um, I'll also cont- uh, put this in, in the description but this is also a little bit dated um, but it's a uh, union organizing in China still a monolith labor movement and um, there's some I haven't read every word of this um but um, it seems like there's some nuance here that's that's important for understanding this. So if you're uh, really interested in 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 uh, diving deep, uh, you can find a copy of this. Um, I'm not sure if you can download it from here, but uh, I thought I did. Um, it, if you can't, you can probably find it somewhere. That's what I'll say. Um, all right. So connected to this. Um, both the U.S. and and China, and then also 
what we'll talk about with Taiwan is a little India news. So um, Apple Pro supplier after uh, workers in the Winston plant in India rampage. Um, some loaded language there. Um, so, um, yeah, this is a couple weeks ago. It says that in uh, New Delhi... Apple Incorporated said on Monday that it is investigating whether a Taiwan contractor, Winstrom Corp, flouted supplier guidelines at an iPhone manufacturing facility in India after some workers ransacked the plant in a protest over unpaid wages. Thousands of contract workers gathered on the grounds of Winstrom to strike on the outskirts of India's tech hub uh, of Bengaluru. Bing, bung, Bungaluru. I hope I'm saying that semi-correctly, on Saturday demanding unpaid wages and better working hours. As police arrived, the crowd turned violent. A video from the scene showed people armed with rods and sticks, smashing equipment and vandalizing cars, causing what the company has $60 million in damages. Now, I would like to say, people will turn around and say, ooh, these violent workers. These workers have had probably more than that stolen from them in wages. And also there's a difference between violence against... Uh, inanimate objects and violence against humans, which police, often when they show up to these labor organiza- uh, labor demonstrations, uh, inflict, um, shooting tear gas and blinding people with rubber bullets, and bean bags, and arresting people, and ruining their lives, sometimes killing people. So, um, I don't know if any of this necessarily happened in this case, because there's not a lot of details, um, but this has to do with... Um, basically iPhone manufacturing. So this is one thing that I've been um, happy to see is that I'm not a big... Anyone that listens to the podcast knows Ari and I are not big Apple people. Uh, uh, Ari is probably more than I am, but um, I don't own any Apple products, never have, probably never will. Um, But anyway, I I also don't begrudge people for buying Apple that much. Um, I... I'll, I'll I'll joke around, give people flack about it, but in the end, it's all consumerism. There's no there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, as they say. <laughs> I don't know why I did my Alex Jones voice for that socialist Alex Jones. There's no if you're if you're consuming under capital, it's uh it's never ethical because um you are de facto stealing wages from the workers, and that is unacceptable. <laughs> but um. This is, again, like I said, kind of connected to what's going on uh, with some of the stuff in Taiwan. So you have uh, Taiwan moving this manufacturing. So what I was going to say is I'm, I'm happy to see some of this move from China to India, this production of things like iPhones, um, these these, these uh, democratic countries moving their production from China um, to places like India where there is... Uh, more democratic processes and also some more um, the, the more receptiveness of the government to demands um, and there's a little it's a little easier to deal with some of these with, with governments like like India now we shouldn't be um, exp- I don't think we should be exploiting workers anywhere so we should be working on this um, but obviously there's some issues about um, food safety uh, in some of these plants um, so there's 17 about 17 th- over 17,000 workers um, and hundreds were had food poisoning more than 150 were hospitalized which is insane um, and unacceptable again these these companies this is this is Foxconn I believe um, should be paying insane fines for this sort of stuff. It should absolutely be held accountable. Um, and um, if they say well, we weren't aware, well, that's your problem, not my problem. Your problem, not my problem. Um, I do think governments should to be doing some oversight over this, um, but also uh, they should require companies to take care of these things. And if they don't. Um, again, huge fines, and if they continue to violate it, I don't know. I mean, India can't nationalize this company. It's not an Indian company, but they could take over the plant, shut it down. Which I, I mean, I don't, you know, Foxconn is kind of owned by Terry Gould. Not a big fan of that guy, but any who's will be. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully, 
Again, I would say read through all of this. I'm not going to read through every every word of it. Um, But like it says here, uh, it talks about here at the end that basically uh, this is kind of a new landscape where um, Terry Guo had formerly been able to go to China and kind of play these uh, localities against each other. Um, And also he seems to be pretty good buds in a lot of ways with the CCP. Uh, but when going to India, workers might demand a little bit more um, and also be able to protest a little bit more freely. Um, we saw that kind of with the farmer strike that was going on and actually won a lot of gains um, in India. I don't know that that fight's totally over yet, but um, at least for now, it seems like they've kind of they've kind of won for the time being. Um, so hopefully. Um, as Tim Copeland says here, in uh, Taiwan firms must acclimate faster. Customers need these new factories to ramp up quickly in order to ease their reliance on China. While both New Delhi and Taipei are in a hurry to forge a strong trading relations that can help blunt Beijing's economic power. So I, I tend to agree with this. Um, but I, I also care less about um, trade and more about workers' rights. So hopefully they they find a way to acclimate um, by adequately adequately compensating their workers and making sure that they have um, safe uh, working environments. Um, so uh, we have a lot of undocumented immigrants. This is kind of just more, we talked about some of this stuff before, um, but um, this is like reasons for undocumented immigrants in uh, Taiwan. Obviously a lot of it is because um I mean, there's new, obviously numerous reasons, um, but it says, I can read some of this real quick. It says, at present, there are more than 50,000 undocumented migrant workers in Taiwan, and according to statistics provided by the National Immigration Agency of the NIA, there was an increase of 3,987 recorded in 2020, which is higher than 2020. In particular, migrant domestic workers among the most likely uh, to become undocumented due to their low salaries, the long working hours, and mental pressure of working alone. Uh, research explained that these warning signs including low salaries coupled with a difficulty task of taking uh, care of elderly people and lack of support providing care often lead migrant workers to run away and escape their tough recommend. I would also say that you know working in factories uh, six days a week without adequate compensation and go away why is why would you take over like half my screen here sorry I'm mad at these advertisements um as an, I mean, the brokerage system where basically they can put them into debt peonage, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of reasons. Um, and this is something that Taiwan, if it wants to be um, a, a, a true, like, whatever you want to say, like liberal democracy, a, a hu- a, you know, an international uh, hub and a, a bastion of freedom and human rights needs to deal with yesterday um they have a horrible record on this and the government has been dragging its feet for far too long um but i'll, I'll post some of this stuff um similarly here um covid insurance required for migrant workers and new regulations i actually think this is fine but um like brian uh, says here is that um basically they would require these migrant workers to get covid insurance and they would they're saying that they will require uh, that that will be paid for by the employer but uh, whether that actually happens um, will is yet to be seen. It's very possible that um, on the sly these these uh, people are going to push it on to the migrant workers or ask for compensation or you know whatever. So um, Taiwan needs to get much more serious about all this. Um, I mean, I've talked about <coughs> Taiwan's uh, unwillingness or. Um, yeah, basically just unwillingness, let's be frank about it, to, to deal with some of these issues because these people are, um, I think, I think in the eyes of a lot of Taiwanese people, disposable. Um, I, I think that's just kind of what it comes down to. Now, I don't think that, may, maybe that's not the majority of Taiwanese, but I think in terms of um, the elites, for sure it is. It's These people are uneducated, and we can bring them here and treat them like trash. Um, and if they complain about it, uh, we can pay them as little as possible so we can maximize our profits and they can pay it back. We'll just send them back home. Um, and it's gross. And um, that's not how you treat humans if you live in a 
a country that values human rights. So, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, need to clean that up pretty quick. <laughs> um, all right, folks. I'm going to get out of here. Um, one thing I want to plug, go read Ari's article. It's pretty quick. And uh, actually, he's got a number of new articles up. Wow. Getting a lot of weird ads. Um, do disable your ad blocker, though. And if you see any interesting ads, feel free to click on them. Um, we got the podcast here. Um, got the Workers Wednesday from last time. And then, yeah, Ari's got a bunch of ad, uh, new uh, articles up. We got all kinds of stuff. And um, like we mentioned on the podcast last week, um, on this podcast, there's going to be uh, some new uh, new authors soon, new uh, contributors. So we should have a lot more uh, like local Taiwanese slash um, also some uh, news from China coming out, kind of more short, punchy articles that you guys can read, hopefully read quickly and kind of get the um, quick update. Um, yeah, so make sure you guys are visiting the site every day. Um, if you can, on your browser, make it your homepage, and then just kind of see what's new every day. Um, and um, also, like I said, the clicking on ads, if, if you're interested, um, it, it does help us a lot. Um, but yeah, this is also just that. But um, also, if you if you do have a couple extra dollars a month, um to throw our way, you know, it's like less than a cup of coffee, as they always say, as everyone always says, less than a cup of coffee every day. Um, it's probably less than most people's um, drug habits, okay? <laughs> every 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 month, maybe every week. Um, three as little as three dollars a month, you can um, you can support us. You can join our Discord for three bucks, five bucks. We'll send you a postcard every month. So do that, y'all. Hit us up. Uh, and, uh, like I said, if you do have any stories, um, for either the regular podcast or for, um, especially for these Worker Wednesdays, um, from any country, I don't just, like I did India again today, the first, the first week I just did U.S., uh, Taiwan and China, but I'm, I would love to do worker stories from anywhere, so if you got them from, from wherever, um, just hit me with them, and I'll, I'll try to include them. Uh, because I think um, workers around the world need to be united. You know, uh, it's not just about you know whatever country that uh, they currently live in. It's about I, I need to find a new word, but you know, it's about building solidarity. Like that's that's what it's about. It's not about uh, arguing about uh, uh, theory on the internet. It's about like building true uh, uh, bonds. Um, around the world so yeah let's do it y'all um anyway in a true rambling fashion i love y'all i'll talk to you soon and um you know that that fcp